Churchy, right after Beulah camp, and uh, I was already tired when I got here because I, I work a lot at Beulah, and I'm very involved in the kitchen there. As you can tell, I'm good at the kitchen. And uh, we, uh, we were very involved there, and on, I started here on that Monday. The very next day, so I'd only been on the job one day, the very next day I get on a plane to fly to Ottawa because my grandmother had passed away. And so I fly there, and, I, and I'm with my family. What an incredible time we had together. Uh, celebrating my grandmother's life. Uh, she's in heaven today. We celebrate that. Two days later, I'm back in office here. Now, at the same time, for those that don't know my story, I, my wife was seven months pregnant at that time, and we have two other boys, and so she was in our previous home in Florenceville, Bristol, without her husband, with two young boys, and seven-month-old inside of her. And... Uh, She's pretty special, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, so she's there, and I'm, uh, I'm here. We didn't get to see each other very much. Uh, she would come down once a week, and about three and a half hours away, so it was hard to, to see each other much. So we went a little over uh, about six, six to eight weeks, almost 12 weeks probably. It keeps getting longer the more I talk about it. So uh, it just uh, uh, it was a long time. We hadn't seen each other that much. She'd come down once a week, and it was difficult for all of us. And we knew we had, to make, we had to do something different because, see, our house hadn't sold, and we didn't know where we were going to live, what we were going to do. Um, I was living in the basement of someone who was uh, in our church here. They are my heroes, and uh, they truly just took me in, let me stay with them during that time, even let my family stay when they came for the short visits, and uh, they are truly my hero. They know who they are. Once school started, I had to get my family here because my oldest was going into grade two. And I had to figure out what we're going to do because he has to go to school. We want him going to school here in Moncton. So we were trying to figure out how we're going to do this. Again, my heroes stepped up and said, come stay with us. So they didn't just take me in. They took my wife, who's now nine months pregnant, and uh, my two boys, uh, uh, seven and four. And uh, that made their life a little different too. But they truly are my heroes. And we lived with them. And this was difficult. But you do what you can. And our stress levels were all over the place, but we, we did what we could. And through a very long and confusing series of events, God started to open up some doors. Uh, it made it possible for me to buy a home here in Moncton. And uh, we, we still haven't sold our house in Florenceville. Uh, but we were able to get, into a, uh, get a place, at least the details weren't finalized yet, but, you know, we were starting the process. It looked like it was going to happen. Uh, shout out to Mike Doron, all right? Man, that guy knows how to sell houses, okay? <laughs> Uh, but uh, I just saw him right there. That's why I had to do that. So thanks, Mike. You're awesome. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of confusing parts in all this, and life got really crazy, and we're pulling out hair, and I don't want to lose that. I know the rest of the staff has no hair, but I wanted to keep mine. And, and I'm just kind of like, what is going on here? And I'm just freaking out, and this is not fair. All this is happening. And at 4 p.m. on September 25th, I got a call from our lawyers telling us uh, that we got the keys to our new house here in Moncton. And we were excited about that. At 6 p.m., the very same day, two hours later, I get a call from my wife and, quote, get your butt home, I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> the baby is coming. Three hours later, Micah was born. And did I mention we still haven't sold our house in Florenceville. Um, three days later, I, I got in a truck, rented a truck, drove to Florenceville, Bristol, got our stuff out of the house, 
with some help from some friends down there. We came back here. The church staff actually helped me uh, unload our truck here. We did it all in one day. Literally, I, I went down there and came back. Got back at 2 in the morning, and they were there at the house at 10 in the morning to help me unload it. Got everything in, and about two days after that, we moved out of our hero's home, uh, who has been so super for us, and we moved into our own home to begin our, our home here in Moncton. And it's just been crazy. There's been all these things happening. And it's been weird. And I discovered something that I knew, but I forgot about. Did you know that newborns don't sleep through the night? <laughs> it had been four years, because my other one, my, my youngest, second youngest is four, and I had totally forgot about that. They don't sleep through the night, and... Church, I'm tired, okay? It's been a long three and a half months, and I'm tired. So today we're starting a new series called Keep Calm and Be Anxious for Nothing, okay? I think it's just fitting that they chose me to kick this series off considering my last three and a half months. And we're going to look at how to deal with stress, anxiety, and even, and even fear that may uh, come into your life and cause you to just get stressed out in, to the max in your life. Maybe someone is here and you're thinking, I can't remember the last time I felt refreshed. I can't remember the last time I felt refreshed and relaxed and rested. My life has been in overload for years. There, there are too many expectations, too many responsibilities, too many activities, too many decisions that have to be made right now. And it's, it just all seems, it's, it's, it's just getting so cluttered and chaos and crazy and your life is just you don't know what's going to happen next and so maybe you're saying i'm tired of always uh, uh rushing to the next activity uh every even after a good night's sleep i still feel drained and fatigued and when i look around i see that this feeling is not unique it's not unique everybody else is feeling it too everybody else seems to be overloaded everybody else is trying to do so much in their lives and we don't have time to do what's most important because every moment just seems to be packed in our lives. So maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, this can't be God's will for my life. This just can't be God's will for my life. I really want to learn how to rest and relax in God's plan, not just for my own health, but because my children are now looking at my life and seeing the life that I'm living, and I don't want them to live that life. I don't want them to learn how to live that life. And you're sitting here going, something has to be different because my life is just too crazy. Can anyone relate to that? Anyone here this morning? We've got about 15 honest people here this morning. Good. There's going to be an altar call. Awesome. We're just stressed to the max. There's just so much going on. Our passage that we're going to look at over these next few uh, weeks is in Philippians 4. And in Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, and I love this verse, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In everything, we need to do this. I want to share with you quickly this morning just a couple things that I think can help us with this stuff, this stuff that we're dealing with in our lives. And here's the first one. The first one is, I think we all need to do this. If you haven't done it, then you need to do it before you leave here today, is you need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus and let him be our source. Let him be the help. Let him be the guide that'll get you through your steps, your journeys, in other words, you just need to turn to him, okay? Don't turn to all those other things in your life. Turn to him. Turn to God. In the Bible, people come to Jesus for lots of different reasons. They come to him for a ton of different reasons. They, they, could, uh, they came to ask him questions. 
uh, or to be healed or to have uh, maybe some conflict resolved, uh, maybe to help solve problems or, or spiritual issues clarified in their lives. They came to Jesus with all sorts of things. And Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Now, don't rest yet, okay? Don't fall asleep on me yet. Um, wait till another 15, 20 minutes, okay? Uh, but he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, the biggest source of our anxiety is not worn out bodies, but it's a tired mind. It's attention, it's worry, it's fear, it's guilt and resentment, and that's what we need relief from. And so let me ask you a very personal question here this morning, and you don't, you don't have to show your hand, you don't have to shout out an answer, but I want you to a- answer this question inside your heart this morning. And that question is, when you're stressed out, when you're exhausted and overloaded, how do you typically unwind, if you can unwind? How do we unwind? Think about it. What is it that we do to unwind after that stressful exhausting, just maxed out day. What is it we do? Well, you see, I asked the staff here, okay? So I went up and down the hall, and I asked all of our pastors what they do to unwind, and I want to share. Don't you want to hear what they say? I mean, it's pretty cool, okay? Uh, Now, I have to be honest. I told them I wouldn't say who said what. (laughs) Um, Maybe I won't do that. Uh, But I want to just tell you a little bit about what they said and I won't tell you who said what because it's more fun for you. Just use your imagination, okay? Go to the weirdest one you can think of, okay? Uh, that's what I would do, okay? And so here's just a couple of their answers. They said, some said, I go to a movie or maybe I stay home and, and, and watch a chick flick, okay? That was all the guys. They were all saying that. Uh, and so uh, that's what some of them, some say, I go out to dinner. You know, it's been an exhausting day. I go out to dinner because I just don't want to come home and cook. And so I, 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 my husband and I or, or my wife and I, we just, we go out to, we go out to eat, um, some say I play old video games, uh, and that's not the youth pastor who said that, okay, just so you know. Uh, and so that, I, I laughed. I wish I could tell you who it was, but I won't. Uh, some said a long walk or a nap. Uh, that's what they would do. Uh, now, this is a good one. One person said that they like to watch the TV show, wait for this, Highway Through Hell. Okay? Now, before you judge that one person, which I won't tell you who it was, uh, I did some research, and it's not that bad of a show. It's just really, I think it's like more of a reality thing where it's a bunch of truckers on this old road, and it's like this really hard road to travel, and that's why they call it it's a highway through hell. And uh, So it's, it's kind of interesting. Some like to watch Comedy Network and just kind of laugh and get released that way. Uh, some like to go golfing. Uh, myself, well, David, are you here? David McKenzie? He's supposed to be here somewhere. David. David, there he is. Uh, don't you like David? He's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah. Come on over here, David. David and I actually, uh, we have a similar stress relief that we do, okay? Yes, David and I are very much alike. And um, uh, similarities are just incredible, okay? Uh, both of us, and this is true, both of us are stress eaters, okay? As you can tell, I'm a little bit more stressed than he is, okay? Um, and so, dude, I know you're stressed right now, so here's some candy, some fruit snacks, and uh, you go on back out there and get off my stage, okay? And so, uh, but uh, we're stress eaters, okay? That's what I do. If you see me sitting behind my desk going <laughs> like this, I, I'm stressed to the max, okay? That's what we do. David said, that's me, and he said, I could do that this morning. 
this is what we do. We find something to find release from it. There's nothing wrong with, with those things that I just mentioned. Uh, they, they help us, I think, stay sane, uh, which is important in life. Uh, they help us to get to the next thing. But here's the thing. They will never give you the rest for your soul. They'll never give you the rest, the true rest that we need in our lives for our soul. There's only one thing that can rest your soul, and that's God. That's it. That's the only thing. And so we have to come to Jesus. We have to come to God. Only he can give you the inner peace which will de-stress you. And that's the only thing we can do. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31 says he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. And when tired and worn out, he offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. The solution to our stresses and anxieties is to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And what does that mean? He's saying if you're, if you're stressed out, the answer is not a plan. It's not a purpose, a priority, a program, a philosophy. That's not the answer. It's a person. Jesus says, come to me. He doesn't even say come to church or to a Bible study or to a small group, which they can help you. But he says, you don't need to come to those. What you need to do is you need to come to Jesus. And when you are overwhelmed, the only person in the universe who truly understands soul rest is God. And he invites you, he invites me, he invites us to come to him. And we need to come to Christ. It seems that when we are on the verge of burnout, or on the midst of crisis, we usually turn to everything else, don't we? We'll turn to whatever else we can find. Friends, family, self-help books, drugs, alcohol, pills. A lot of times we think we can handle it on our own. And other times we just don't realize that God is waiting for us. He's waiting for us to call on him. And over and over again in the Bible, God tells us, cry out to me. Call out to me. Talk to me. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Bring them to me. This is what Jesus is saying. Bring them to him. Come to Jesus. And the reason we struggle with stress and anxiety is because we are trying to control too much in our own lives. We think we can control it, and we try to do that, and you think it's, it all depends on you. This is the thought we get in our mind. It all depends on me. I got to do this. I got to do that. If I don't do it, nobody else will do it, and it just won't be done right, so I've got to do it, right? It's, if, it, if it's to be, it's up to me. I've, I've got to hold it all together. I've, I've, I've got to make it all work. Newsflash, church. You're not the general manager of the universe, okay? You're not. You can resign, and it won't fall apart, okay? That's the truth. It won't fall apart. The greater your need to control, the more stressed you're going to be in life. And so we have to let go. You and I were never meant to carry all our problems, difficulties, and stresses. We weren't meant for that. We need to let Jesus help us. Let him share the burden of whatever it is that you, you've got going on. Let him share the burden of your load. God doesn't get tired. Did you know that? He doesn't get tired. He could go through my life and be like, Graham, that was nothing. God doesn't get tired, and he's got a stronger back than you and I will ever have. Let him in. Let him help you. If you're running on empty this weekend... And maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm on empty. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. I don't even know why I came to church this morning. I just, for some reason, I felt like I had to come. If you're running on empty, come to Jesus this morning before you leave here and let him in. Let him into your situation. Let him into your life and let him speak truth into you today because I can guarantee you it will change your life forever. It will. 
Come to Jesus. Secondly, here this morning, we need to learn to trust. Oh, trust. Yeah, there's a, there's a big word. It's small, but it's big. It's a big word. If you want to be balanced and healthy in life, then we need to follow Jesus' example because nobody, uh, nobody lived a more balanced and healthy life than Jesus. No one did. But that's not something that happened overnight. It takes time. If we want to have a balanced life, it takes time to get there. And, and you have to learn to live differently than when we are right now. Uh, you're not going to change overnight. Why? Because you didn't get into the mess that you're in overnight. It took time to get there. So it takes time to, to get out of it. The stresses that build up in your life, the overload, the habits, the work habits, have taken years to develop. And these things just don't fall off overnight. It's, it's kind of like an onion. You, you peel it just a little bit at a time, right? And you got to work at this. And so you're, you're going to have to unlearn certain things uh, one at a time, and it won't happen overnight. I'm sorry to say that. It won't. we got to work at it. Not only that, but you, you're going to have to develop new habits, and you're going to have to have, have to practice them day in and day out. And it takes time. This can be the start of a new life for someone here this morning if we let God in and trust him. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you trust Jesus completely, and that means taking on his characteristics of, of, of gentleness and humbleness. And you say, oh, pastor, I don't need more gentleness and humbleness. All right? I need you to tell me how to, how to, I, 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 need to I need to do something different. You need to teach me about endurance. I need endurance, and I need stamina. I need confidence. I, I need courage. I need to learn how to, to do time management better. I, 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 need, I need to learn how to set better goals and max them, reach them. Why this gentleness and, and humbleness? What do I need that for? Because the two biggest causes of stress in our lives today are, are aggression and arrogance. And aggression is when we do things too quickly. We don't wait or ponder or plan. We just jump right in with both feet. We are taught to be aggressive. The early bird gets the worm, right? We're taught that. The early bird gets the worm. You're, you're taught to get out there and, and make it happen. That's what we're taught. But you see, living life aggressively by not thinking it through, not pacing yourself, and not waiting on God has caused you to become overcommitted. And too many of us have gotten ourselves in more things than we could possibly do. It's, it's always easier to get in, in than it is to get out. It's always easier to commit than to fulfill. It's always easier to fill your schedule than to fulfill your schedule. And that's being too aggressive in life. There's also this arrogance thing. Arrogance is thinking that you, you know what's best for your life, so you try to control your life. Uh, I, know what's, I know what's best for my life, so I, I know how to do it. I know what's best. I know how to do my life. And you think that, but do we really? Life would be a whole lot easier if you just uh, get out of my way, right? Get out of my way. Get with, get with my program. Hmm. And we do that with God. The truth is when we try to do it all, when we try to do it all, have it all, be it all, and have it our way, you're acting like God and saying with your words and actions that you don't trust God. It's kind of funny, I think. Well, not really, but you could get this. It's funny that sometimes we find ourselves content to let God handle the ordinary things in life. Oh, we'll let God deal with that. Yeah, it's, it's small. We'll give him the small things. Yeah, he's pretty good with that. But when it really comes to the hard things, 
the things that really seem impossible, we are often tempted to trust our own abilities rather than give the problem up to God. We need to remind ourselves every day, get this church, God is God and we're not. God is God and we're not. Why not turn everything over to God and see if that doesn't reduce the stress and anxiety in your life? Come to Jesus. We need to give up the control. Learn to trust him with everything and see if that doesn't dramatically shrink the pressures in your life. Now, you may be sitting here and you're like, oh, that's great, Pastor. It's easy for you to say. Yeah, you had your little last three and a half months, but that's really nothing compared to what I've gone through. You don't understand the pressures and the stresses and the things and the, all the depression things that I'm dealing with and the anxiety that I'm dealing You just don't get it, Pastor, because you've never lived the way I've had to live. And you know what? That, that may be so, but maybe not completely. Eight years ago, I want to be very vulnerable with you this morning. Eight years ago, I'm pastoring a small church, solo pastor, and everything seems to be going well. But deep down, I was suffering with depression. I was falling apart. And the only person that knew about this was my wife, Rebecca. I kept it quiet. Church didn't know. My family didn't know. And I would literally, I, I couldn't sleep. I, I, I just, I didn't even want to eat. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. And remember, I'm a pastor, okay? There's a congregation looking to me for help. Eight years ago, I'm literally falling apart right in my very home. This went on for six months. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I would, I would go to bed. I'd finally fall asleep at about 3 or 4 in the morning. And when I did fall asleep, I wouldn't, uh, Rebecca wouldn't even dare to wake me up because she knew how bad it was. And there'd be many days, it would be 2 or 3 in the afternoon when I'd wake up. Now, she was good to always wake me up on Sunday morning. Hmm. Because you know what? I had to put on a good face. I had to get out there in front of everybody and say, it's okay, I'm good, I'm, everything's great. And I'd get up in front of a crowd and talk and talk about Jesus, about how great he is, and oh, he's so wonderful and everything, and he is. But deep down inside, I'm falling apart. I'm stressed to the max. I just, I, I, my life is falling apart. And when I thought I'd finally got to the end of this, I was, I was contemplating resigning the church. I was contemplating just leaving ministry. I was contemplating doing a whole lot of things. And in the midst of all this happening... We find out that through doctors that we are not able to have children. We've been trying for five years and there had been, been no go. And we're told you're not going to be able to have kids. And that just was another layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. And I just fell deeper and deeper and deeper into this disease. This, this troublesome of depression. Hiding it the whole time. No one knew. In fact, if they're listening, if they listen online later, they're going to find out today. They didn't know. We get word, can't have kids. Less than 3% chance. Well, I'm glad they didn't say 8% chance, because if you know, we have three kids, so I'm assuming each percent meant a kid. Whew, that was a close one. suffering. I'm suffering. Okay, I'm falling apart. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm seriously am. 
my wife stood up here right now, she'd say, I didn't know what I was going to do because my heart was heavy. Now we can't have kids. During that time, we get a, Rebecca has a, my wife has a, a mole on her forearm. And it started to change a little color, and she thought it looked kind of weird. And she went and saw her doctor. doctor sent her to a dermatologist. And on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m., we get a phone call saying, can you come see me immediately? That's never a good sign on a Saturday. <laughs> we get in to see the specialist, and he informs us that Rebecca has melanoma skin cancer. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? You already know what I'm going through? My life's already falling apart. God, it's not fair. Why are you doing this to me? It's just not right. Now I got to deal with this too? Why? We never told a soul. We sat on that information. We eventually called our families, our parents, and told them about this. Meanwhile, we hadn't told a soul that we couldn't have children. Not even our parents knew about that. Saturday morning, our life gets completely rocked when we find out she's got cancer. And they didn't know to the extent of where we were headed and what was going to happen. The following Thursday morning, so five days later, I'm in bed because that's what I do best, sleep. I'm laying in bed. My wife comes running into the, into the bedroom, waking me up, shaking this pea-infected stick over top of my head. Okay? And I'm literally thinking, what are you doing? Please tell me that's dry. I mean, that, this is what's going through my head. Okay? And she says, look, 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 look. It was positive. I didn't believe it. I thought she'd taken a highlighter and did some little work and had some fun with me, playing a joke on me, trying to get me out of this thing that I'm dealing with. And I looked at her, and she's, like, glowing, and I'm like, I don't believe it. I just, I, this can't be true. Called the doctor. She took, she knew her story. She knew everything. She said, come see me immediately. They ran some blood work immediately. We knew by 5 o'clock that night that we were pregnant and expecting our first child. Thank you, God. That's a Thursday. So, Rebecca's got cancer. She's pregnant. Hello, God. What are you doing? I'm suffering with depression, and no one knows about any of it. So I uh, talked to my parents. Rebecca talked to her parents, and we decided, after telling them the whole story, that it's about time that I go public and tell our church. That was a Thursday. That Sunday, I stood up in front of my congregation, the very front, down, down, be down here somewhere. I stood up and said, I've got some news to tell you. And I went through the whole thing of what we're dealing with. Before, that was how we started the service. There was no music, no announcements. It's like, church, I got something I got to lay on you and it's going to be heavy. And you talk about a roller coaster ride, right? They're all like, they can't have kids. Oh, they got cancer. Oh, you're, you're pregnant. What? I mean, that's literally, you could see the reaction of the people. 
As soon as I was done talking, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. I watched as about 60 people came forward and just wrapped their arms around us. They came right down front. We were just in a small church of 60 people. There wasn't a person who didn't come front. There were strangers there, and they were touched. And they said, i got to get in on this. And they all came down, and they just started wrapping their arms around us and just loving us and saying, it's going to be okay. We love you. We're with you. We're behind you. We, we are not mad at you. We love you guys, and we want to help you through this. I'll never forget Jean. Jean is a, is a lady that's in the church who is still one of our friends that we still talk to, especially through social media. Jean comes up to me, and she would be probably, oh, please, Jean, don't watch this and get mad at me. She's probably in her late 60s, I'd say. And she comes up to me, and she just wraps her arms around me and hugs me and holds me. And she whispers into my ear, it's going to be okay. God's got you. It's going to be okay. God's got you. The next few months, I was still struggling. But I kept remembering the words of Jean. It's going to be okay. God's got you. I wish I could say that I snapped out of it. But remember what I said, it takes time to get out of this stuff. And it took time for me to get out of this stuff, this depression. And I worked at it, and I worked at it, and I worked at it. And I'm here to tell you, God can deliver. If he can't, I wouldn't be here. God can deliver. During this whole time, my wife had a verse uh, this was the verse that spoke to her, and, and I think it could speak to all of us here. Psalm 91.4, during this entire thing, that our journey, this verse is very simple. It says, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. God's got you. God's got you. There's no situation, there's no situation in this world, there's no situation that you can get yourself into that God cannot get you out of. And I'm a living testimony of that. There's nothing, there's nothing that God can't get you out of. God's got you. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Someone's here this morning and you are just stressed to the max, you're falling apart, and you don't even know why you came. Now you know why you came because you needed to know that God's got you. God's got you. We're going to sing in just a moment. These guys are going to play. And it's just a powerful anthem this morning. And I want to invite you all over here, okay? All over here. If you're here and you're saying, this is me. I'm in the midst of it. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm stressed to the max. I'm falling apart. If this is you, you need to make a statement today. And I invite you to come forward. We'll have pastors up here to pray with you. We'll have people that want to pray with you and, and just try to help you begin the journey towards healing that I believe that God can bring to each and every one of us. Because God's here to tell you, he's got you. He's got you. Would you stand with us? And please, don't hesitate. If this is you, come now. And let God into whatever it is you're dealing with. Let God into whatever you're facing right now. And let him help you. God's got you this morning.